We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you by Cooperage Brewing in Santa Rosa. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we're going to preview the 49ers-Broncos game, the 49ers-Russell Wilson game, I should say. Russell Wilson, 16-4 and all-time against the 49ers in the regular season. We'll see if that's a Seahawks thing or a Russ thing. All right, let's dive in. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! Bosa's got him, and he'll sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. It's so wild that the 49ers finally get Russell Wilson out of their division and then play him in week three. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's great. Like, I, I think it's, it's fun. Fantastic. I, you know, like one of the cool things about this season for the 49ers is they do play the AFC West. And I think by and large, it's the most entertaining division in, in the NFL so far given all of the quarterbacks, including Russell Wilson. And even if Russell Wilson isn't what he once was, the Broncos are still a super fascinating team because they have new ownership, a first-year coach, a new quarterback who they just gave 200-some-odd million dollars to. Um, it's a great – like, I am I think the 49ers, again, like are going to be one of the best teams in the NFC, barring injury, of course. So you knock on wood, but – the fact they get to play all these AFC West teams, I think, is a, is a really cool thing just from a pure entertainment standpoint. And that really starts on Sunday night because, you know, it's a primetime game. It's always it's always more fun when those games are in primetime. But also, like, the first two games against Justin Fields and Geno Smith, not necessarily great opponents. I know the 49ers lost, but now the stakes feel higher. We don't know if Denver's good. They might end up being in a complete dumpster fire. But mm-hmm. at least it will at, at least there's that variability, right? Like it could be two really high level teams playing against each other or the Niners potentially playing a not so great team that's going through it. Either way, it's going to be fascinating because we have no idea really what to expect of the Broncos. Yeah, they feel a little bit after two games 
like they're in the same spot as the 49ers where they lost a game week one that they feel like they should have won. I mean, in that game, they went 0 for 3 in the red zone and fumbled twice at the goal line. And that's brutal. When you're turning the ball over inside the five twice, like that's that's really tough. And a game that you walk away from and you feel like you should win, and then they go into week two against against Houston, and they wound up winning that game by seven. But... I think the Broncos, when you just look at how talented they are, probably feel like, okay, lost the first one, could have won it by 20, won the second game. It wasn't pretty, but you pulled out a win. And like eventually, if you're a Broncos fan, you feel like, hey, it's going to fall into place here. But from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, hey, maybe Russell Wilson just isn't the player he was. And Nathaniel Hackett's a disaster as a head coach which is very much on the table where when we're looking at the end of the year and we go, all right, Hey, what, what are the teams we missed on? It's like, Hey, that Broncos team that everybody thought was going to compete in the AFC West went six and 11. Yeah. I that's think where, that's where it feels like they're at. Was wild to me too. Cause generally I feel like Denver fans are pretty optimistic and like supportive. Like it's not like mm-hmm. a East coast fan base where like, you know, in New York or Philadelphia or New England, like if you if you lose a few games and like the fan base turns on you, I think it's more laid back and easygoing. But the fact that that fan base in particular was like trolling Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson by counting down the play clock against the Texans is just kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah. And Russell Wilson, I mean, against the Texans, who I think everyone is expecting to pick in the top five of the draft next year. Russell Wilson completed 14 of 31 for 219 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Like, those are Trey Lance numbers, <laughs> right? Like, that's, like, that's that, you, probably, probably less QB power, but <laughs> probably fewer runs right between the tackles. But no, I, it's, you know, it is kind of alarming the way the first two games have gone, given what the expectations were for Denver. But again, like, is it going to be a scenario sort of similar to what the 49ers went through last year, where it was like, okay, they underachieved in the early portion of the season for a myriad of reasons, and then they get hot down the road? Or is Denver just bad? Right. right. Like, that's oh, they, they, they legitimately might just be that team that came into the season with expectations and just ended up being bad. Like that happens all the time in the league. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's how it went. And like, I'm not a big Russell (laughs) Wilson guy. Like, and, and I've, I I was pretty, he's a clown and a fraud. (laughs) Okay. So you're not a Russell Wilson guy. I'll just say plain. (laughs) Yeah. He's a really good player. Like he's a hall of famer. I don't want to take anything away from what he's done on the field. Like he's an unbelievable football player, but He's, he's a clown, dude. He's he just seems like an all time weirdo. Big weirdo. And there's just, like nothing wrong with being weird, but he's a clown about it. Yeah, the the evidence just keeps growing about you know like the the endless rehab he did last year when his finger was broken, like twenty eight hours a day. The you know doing the warm ups and taking the mental reps on the field before a game last year while his finger was in a splint, the jogging out to the practice field and pretending to do the high fives to all your teammates like it's pregame warm ups. I don't know, man. 
it's do you think that's what he's doing i was giving him the benefit of the doubt on that one like he was stretching his arms out like just kind of doing the i have no idea bro i clown him a lot so and i can give him the benefit of the doubt i really try but like remember the nano bubbles that's when he jumped the shark for me of course the nano bubbles is where he jumped the shark yeah and now it's just i don't know I'm just out on him. I, it feels I, like this. It, feel, it feels like this game. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. So I was out on him very early on because when you go cover a game in Seattle, what they do, and I don't know if they still do this, but they used to broadcast the post-game press conferences in the press box. So like be mm-hmm. on TV and be really, really loud. And Russ do that. Okay, well, I haven't been I haven't been in the press box for that. I've been <laughs> down with my in the journalism. Room, sorry, yeah, I was I was with my journalism boots on. Um, <laughs> no, but you'd come back up and you're like trying to work, and then you would hear Russell Wilson just yelling at you and his pressers, and like Russ is the guy who says who just talks and talks and talks without saying anything, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's it almost felt maniacal. It was like, this dude is just talking and talking and talking because he likes to hear his own voice and like make all these points, but none of them were like salient or like usable. (laughs) And so it was just like, all right, I I have to write. I'm on deadline. And Russell Wilson's yelling a bunch of gibberish at me through these TVs. Um, It just wasn't great. So anyway, that was years and years ago when I, when I was first out on him, he carries himself like an actor playing a quarterback like hey this is what a quarterback should say so this is what i'm gonna say this is what a quarterback should do so this is what i'm gonna do like bro you're not in high school musical relax it's just a lot of performative grinding so much performative grinding. it's like i want to be i want to be one of the best ever i want to be the greatest of all time so I'm going to talk about my well, my endless rehab to my finger, like all this stuff. It's like, man, just so go that, win. Just go win. Like, other, shut up and win. Like, it's so annoying. So that's the other thing is he presents himself as like the ultimate team guy. I'm here for the team, the team, the team. But then there's been multiple reports about how in what was it? 2020. He was just like, I'm winning an MVP because that's what I need for my legacy. So I am going to shirk responsibilities and gun for the MVP instead of making the smart play and trying to win. And that's fine. I do not begrudge a player that's going to do that. But when at the same time you're presenting yourself as like, I'll do anything to help the team. I'm the ultimate team guy. I'm the ultimate teammate. Like, no, man, those two things don't jive. Those don't go together. He filed for, he filed the copyright, let Russ cook the phrase. It's the dumbest thing. <laughs> you didn't even make that up. So like, dude, we're we're talking all this mess about you're Russell. You're going to make a lot of money off that? Like, what's the... Anyway, sorry. Go we're, ahead. we're talking all this mess about Russell, and I think it rightfully so. I think it's deserved. But it, it probably means he throws for 400 yards and five yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could. He could. He could. That would not... That's not out of the realm of possibilities that he just lights it up on Sunday night yeah. because he's a good... I think he's a good player. Is he a little washed? Maybe. But like good players figure out how to be successful. And I think he will. So is it, does it happen Sunday night? I, I'm, I don't know if he'll light it up because I think the 49ers defense is really, really good. And I don't think you're going to see a lot of people light them up. 
It might be the but, best defense in the league. It, yeah, I, through the first two weeks, it has been. But this is a test for them. Like for for all the trash we talk about, Russell Wilson, the 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 weirdo human, like he can play. He's a very good player. And this is the first test for the 49ers defense against uh, the offense with Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Like they have a good run game. Their offensive line's good. Russell Wilson's really good. Sounds like Jerry Judy's not going to play. But <clears throat> I mean it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he kind of figures it out on Sunday and has his best game of the year, even if he doesn't, you know, throw for three fifty and four touchdowns. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, I think what everything you said is true. I just think the Niners are in a spot mentally right now where it's almost like they get to take a deep breath and be like, all right, we just got to go back to what we're comfortable with. Like the mm-hmm. locker room stuff. Now that, you know, if there's a silver lining to the Trey Lance injury, it's like, all right, now things are really clear for everybody in that locker room because they mm-hmm. know exactly what it takes to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I don't know that necessarily the defense would have played better or worse, you know, with Trey was still at quarterback, but at least now it's like there's an air of confidence that they can have where, like, all right. We know if we play to this level, the offense is going to play to this level and more times than not that we're going to be in a really good spot to try to win this game. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think just organizationally, as much as losing Trey Lance hurts and is, you know, obviously not part of the process they were anticipating. They know exactly who they are and that that's super valuable. Like, you know, they they went to Green Bay and won a playoff game. They went to they went to Dallas and won a playoff game last year. Like this team knows it can go on the road and really compete with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it was, I think, shocking. Obviously, what happened with Trey Lance and all of that, but I do think there's an element of this team being able to take a step back and say, okay, we know exactly who we are, and there's mm-hmm. no, there's no issues here there's no like question mark about that and honestly like you know i just i was just on d and kc and just saying like i'm expecting the conversation around the 49ers after this game to be like oh yeah that's who that team is Mm -hmm. you know like oh yeah like despite all the quarterback stuff like oh yeah they're they're still really good even with jimmy that's kind of my expectation so that's what I was um that segues perfectly into the point I wanted to make. I feel like that's going to be the case for <clears throat> like for both teams regardless of the outcome. I think the national conversation, maybe not locally, maybe not in San Francisco, maybe not in Denver, but I feel like the national conversation around these two teams is going to depend a lot on what happens Sunday night. It's a national TV game. It is <clears throat> in prime time. And it's two teams that through the first two weeks, it's like, ah, these were supposed to be good teams that not really sure what to make of them. And if the 49ers go in and win by 20, it's going to be like, oh, the 49ers are for real. Also, Denver's not as good as we thought and vice versa. If Denver goes in and figures it out, it's like, oh, they've figured it out. And you know what? Even with Jimmy, the Niners are just kind of there. And is their season over if they lose? Of course not. Like we saw them last year bounce back from a three and five start and, and three losses in a row and they were fine. 
But when you talk about the national conversation, just kind of the vibe around the team, where I think you're absolutely right. If they win, it's like, man, they're rolling now. Like the vibes are good. They're they're on a revenge tour, although I hate that phrase, but like they they we know what this team is and their ceiling is a Super Bowl. But if they lose, I think a lot of it is, yeah, see, Jimmy's just not good enough. This is why they wanted to get rid of him. That'll be the case. I mean, they're not gonna go sixteen and one, right? Okay. <laughs> Didn't know we were doing hot takes. <laughs> But I mean, that's going to be. think they're going to go through Tampa Bay, Kansas City, the Rams twice, and the Chargers with no losses. <laughs> Hater. I mean, that if there's one, and again, like I, I'm trying. I, I, I never want to paint a positive about a guy getting hurt, but at least the conversation around the quarterback situation can get dialed down to a point where it's not so hostile. Because if if the Niners lose and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play well, it'll just be like, yeah, that, I mean, this is kind of what this is the reasoning for them wanting to move on from Jimmy. Like, it doesn't need to get any more complicated than that. Whereas, like, every time Trey were to lose a game, it's like, oh, it's time to start Jimmy and all that stuff. It's right. like, if you only have one option, you don't have to talk about the other option and compare the two well- against each other. And that was that was the whole thing about not to just to get this away from this being about Trey's injury. That was the whole issue with bringing Garoppolo back in the first place. Right. Like that. It wasn't a football thing. It's like, yeah, he's a great backup, but this is just going to kind of linger over the team all year. No matter like really no matter what, unless Trey just comes out like gangbusters, which he didn't. And so that was just going to kind of hang there all season. And guys were going to have to answer questions about it. And you were going to get more columns about it. And and now it's just like, cool. Like this is, there's one way this is going to go. And that's how I think it would have been if they had gotten rid of Garoppolo. And Trey Lance was just the guy and he wasn't behind him. He was going to be like, all right, this is what we're doing. But they they made it weird by keeping both guys. And now with Trey Lance hurt, like that that edge of weirdness, uncertainty, doubt, whatever you want to call it is now gone. Yeah. Would they have preferred Lance stayed healthy and played all year? Would that have been the preferable outcome? Like for sure. But in the worst possible situation where your starting quarterback goes down early in week two for the season, the 49ers are in the best spot that you can be in given that awful circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's another point too. And I don't want to talk about this too much because we've talked about it a lot, but like people are like, Oh, got to fire Kyle Shanahan. Like this is horrible. All that. And like, again, I disagree with some of the ways Trey Lance was being handled and and the whole quarterback situation. I was being handled, Mm -hmm. but like the 49ers lost their starting quarterback and their chances at contending haven't changed much. Right. Right. <laughs> like that's that is a credit to Kyle Shanahan because basically every other team that loses its starting quarterback, maybe with the exception of the what 2017 Eagles, every other team that loses its starting quarterback, like their season's done. Mm-hmm. Just a wrap. Like you mm-hmm. don't have any chance at achieving any of your goals. And the 49ers still do. So, like, as much as I understand some of the vitriol towards Shanahan to a certain extent, sure. Like you can't you have to look at and be like, man, he's a head coach who lost his starting quarterback and they're still in a pretty good spot overall. 
Like mm-hmm. it's it could be a lot worse. They could, yeah. you know, it could be Brock Pur- Purdy or Nate Sudfeld, you know, starting yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. And maybe maybe Brock Purdy is going to be good, but you feel better about what you know with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is better than the the unknown of of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is Nick Mullins at a more famous college. <laughs> I, IMO. <laughs> is Iowa State more famous than Southern Miss? Are we sure about that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Iowa State's a Big 12 school. Okay. See, what, sure. what? I don't even know what conference Southern Miss is in. Me neither. I got nothing for you. All right. I think that that's that solves it. I think I was I get, more famous. Name the most famous player from Iowa State. Alan Lazard. Okay. From Southern Miss, it's um, white collar criminal Brett Favre. <laughs> so. God, what a story that is. Holy <laughs> hell. What a piece. Oh, man. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. No, I don't want to dive in. Not I don't want to dive all the way in. Not great. Um, so do we want to take a quick break and get back to uh, our, our pick six? Our, yeah, we, which we <laughs> forgot about. That we've just <laughs> we've been so enveloped in the quarterback conversation that we just completely forgot about a pregame bit that we do. <laughs> Yeah, we're just talking about this week. It's like, oh yeah, we do this bit all the time. Only now we're renaming it. So it was a pick six. Uh, Now we're naming it the Cooperage Six Pack. Yeah, and they don't sell six packs, but they sell four packs. But when you think beer, you think six packs. And we're going to choose six players. So go in there, buy a four pack, and then get six beer. Just order six pints and drink them all before you get an Uber home. Or... Go to their website and buy a case, which is six four packs. There you go. So or you're four six packs. Four six. No, it's six four packs. They're just packed as four, but it's four six packs. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're saying the same thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, All right, let's, yeah. Take a, let's take a break and then get back to it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's Cooper Six Pack. If you're new to the pod, we do this every week. We draft three players each that we think are going to be impactful in that week's game. Yeah, we they're going to tell we this. Were gonna, they're going to tell the story of the game, good or bad. I have an I have an idea. We will keep track starting in week three of who wins each week, and the loser at the end of the season has to buy the winner around at Cooperage. Sure. That works. We'll go hang out, drink some beer, eat some good food. Twist my arm. Yeah, that's fine. I know you, I know you, I going to get you back out there. Yeah. Next we're going to be like, uh, loser has to (laughs) play golf. (laughs) Loser has to buy the winner a new putter. (laughs) Someone like, oh, anyway, we don't need to talk about that. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, so let's, let's dive in here. You can pick first. I'm going to let you do the honors. Okay. Uh, who is, who is your first pick for week three in, in who's going to have a good game for the 49ers? If you remember, I think it was 2018 uh, when the Niners hosted the Broncos and Nick Mullins was the starting quarterback and George Kittle had almost 200 yards in the first half. You remember that 210 yards, seven for 210, all in the first half. And then no catches in the second half. Um, George Kittle is probably going to return this week. He's been practicing. He's been practicing since late last week. Um, he donated uh, some signed gloves for the raffle at Cooperage. So he's just got so much karma. Um, like so many karma points just in the bank that he's that you know, just waiting to use. Um, so I'm going to go with George Kittle. Because <laughs> the vibes. Just, well, yeah. I mean, so the 49ers are five and nine without George Kittle in the starting lineup. Um, I would assume I haven't done the math, but I would assume they do have a very good record when George Kittle does play. So I'm going to go with Kittle because of how important he typically is to the offense because of the rapport he has with Jimmy Garoppolo because of how important the running game is, and we know how important George Kittle is to said running game. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he had eight targets and five catches for 70-something yards and a touchdown. Like, I think George Kittle is going to remind everybody that he's a very important part of this team um, and that, you know, at this point with, you know, the articles, whether it's Mike Silver writing you know, people in the league are wondering if George Kittle is going to last throughout the entirety of his contract with people on Twitter speculating that George Kittle um, should have been traded because he's not healthy enough. And meanwhile, like trading Kittle doesn't make any sense because of all the dead money that would be on the 49ers books. So like they would get, you know, they, anyway, they would just have like a $30 million cap hit trading him, which, yeah. which obviously wouldn't make any sense to do. Um, sure, sure, sure. But I think George Kittle hears all that type of stuff. And uh, and I think he's going to play well. And like I said, I'm expecting the 49ers to roll. And generally when they roll, it includes a good George Kittle game. So Kittle is my first pick in this Cooper six pack. Yeah, I like that. And also Denver, not great at covering tight ends. So not not that like a good tight end is just kind of hard to cover. But Denver in particular, I think that's a that's a weakness for them. My first pick is also on offense. And I think it's Debo Samuel and specifically Debo Samuel is a pass catcher through two games. He has seven catches for 58 yards and no touchdowns. 
And this is a guy who had 1,400 yards receiving last year. And I think one of the things with Trey Lance being in, while the downfield passing game is expanded, that shorter passing game, I just think there's, <clears throat> I don't want to say throws he, he can't make, but throws he doesn't thrive with. Uh, hitting Debo Samuel in stride and allowing him to get get yards after the catch. I just don't think that's a throw he makes consistently. So we didn't see a lot of that with Debo with with Trey Lance at quarterback. I think that's where Jimmy Garoppolo is very good between the hashes, uh, short to intermediate area, and get it to Debo and let him run. So I think we get a big Debo Samuel receiving game. And part of it is Denver is very good at stopping the run. And I think it's going to be one of those deals where they they commit to not letting Debo Samuel beat them as a runner. Um, but, I mean, he's still such an effective pass catcher that the 49ers are going to figure out ways to get in the ball, and he's going to figure out a way to be effective. I like it. And you know, Debo just generally is probably a better fit with Jimmy than Trey. Yeah. For the reasons yeah. you outlined. Mm-hmm. Um, like the pick. Thanks. We went pretty chalk to start. That's um, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Third pick, my second pick. I'm going to go with Mooney Ward. Um, Part of the reason why I'm optimistic about this 49ers defense remaining one of the best in the league is just because I think the secondary is substantially better, and they're still missing Jimmy Ward, of course, but I think Charvarius Ward is going to prove to be a really good player for them. Um, and okay. I think we're going to see signs of that again on Sunday. It wouldn't surprise me if he had a nice game given, you know, who the Broncos outside receivers are, whether it's Cortland Sutton. Um, we'll see if again, to your point, if Jerry Judy plays. Um, but I think this Niners defense is going to get a lot more turnovers than last year's team. Mm-hmm. I think Ward's going to be a significant factor in that. Obviously, the pass rush is going to be a significant factor in that. And it would have been really easy for me to pick Nick Bosa, and I probably should have just for you know the sake of trying to be correct. Um, mm-hmm. But but you know because I don't want to just go chalk and take somebody like Bosa or Fred Warner, who you probably should take at some point coming up here. But um, I think that Ward is going to be a really good player, and we already saw. You know, the interception from DJ Jalice was kind of a gift. Um, I don't Did think, you? I don't think there are going to be any gifts like that, but I, I think he's just generally really sticky in coverage. I think the coverage numbers reflect that so far this season, and mm-hmm. I'm expecting that to continue. Did you, by chance, watch the all 22 of that pick? No, but I did see it's the so funny. replay. There's there's two <clears throat> there's two Seahawks beyond the line of scrimmage when DJ Dallas throws the ball. And one of them is Geno Smith, who's on the opposite side of the field. There were like seven 49ers at the goal line. <laughs> there was just, there was zero universes where that play was ever going to work. Nobody ever bit. There were nobody bit on it. It might be the worst play call I've ever seen. It was way up there for me. It was way, it was so bad because you knew when it when it was DJ Dallas taking the snap with three other players in the backfield, you're like, okay, they're not fooling anybody with anything they do here because you're very limited in the plays you can run. And like all of the eligible guys, like most of them are in the backfield. You know, it's not like 
<laughs> when a quarterback takes a snap right. <laughs> and it's an empty set and there are five wide, you have weapons all over the field you have to worry about. In that particular play, all of the all of the eligible receivers slash people who can touch the ball are all in the backfield. So like the Niners didn't have to like get spread out or look very far to figure out like, okay, where where are the guys we need to worry about? And so to just watch the play develop and then watch him roll right and then you know pull the ball up like he's gonna throw it immediately. Yeah, I was like, this is this is not gonna work. And apparently he's a college quarterback or like a high school quarterback who's getting recruited in college to play quarterback. It's also one of the deals with that play is the room that you give yourself to run it, so your running back can just throw it up and let the receiver run underneath it. And they just they're like, hey, seven yards, yeah, that's enough. We got this. He also just crazy. Babied, he just babied the throw too. That was yeah. like we yeah, because he wasn't open. Yeah, it was. like I shouldn't throw this, but it's a play. All right. yeah. Anyways, um, speaking of interceptions last week, Talanoa Hufanga is my second pick, fourth overall. I think Talanoa Hufanga might be him, and I know that he's I think PFF's second highest graded safety through the first two weeks at ninety point seven. His grades are off the charts across the board. He's not gotten really tested yet facing Justin Fields and Geno Smith. But I think this is going to be one of those games. It's like a national coming out party for him. We talked about him a lot in our last podcast with Marcus Thompson. Just how good of a dude he is. He's got the hair. He's got the look. He's just a he's a dog, man. He's so fun to watch play football. And I think this is a national TV prime time. Maybe he doesn't get a pick but has a couple of big tackles, maybe a big pass breakup on a, on a, on a downfield throw. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that Talano Hufanga is going to be equal to the task against a good quarterback. There's going to be a point where Chris Collinsworth says, you know, when you think about the 49ers defense, of course you think about, you know, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and Eric Armstead. <laughs> But the guy who's really standing out to me these first two weeks is that guy right there, Talano Hufanga, in his twangy accent. Right, I'm not gonna try that's to so good. No, that's that's really good. <laughs> so that well, I'm I'm with you 100. I think that's going to be something that absolutely happens on the broadcast. And they mo- they will definitely say the name Troy Polamalu. Right. Yeah. This is a guy who works out with Troy Polamalu. Like, it's not just that he has long hair. And went to USC. He also works out with Troy Polamalu. Like it's going to be some like, you know, breaking news story. You know, and he kind of plays like him. Look at this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, that was good. You, you, if yeah, I wish I could do a, a Collinsworth impression like that. Um, no, I like the pick, and Hufanga definitely could be like a Pro Bowl type guy. That give, given the start that he's off to and his supporting cast. Like if he's if he ends up being a pro bowler and like that dude who's like, oh, yeah, another fifth round pick the 49ers hit on. I don't think anybody would be surprised at this point. Um, All right. I'm reverting to chalk. With my third pick, my last pick, the fifth overall pick, it's Nick Bosa. Do I need like is do we need analysis? Like if Nick Bosa sacked Russell Wilson twice, would anybody be surprised? No. Okay. I have not. I, I have nothing to player. say. Nick Bosa, <laughs> he's a dude. <laughs> Nick Bosa's good. a dude. Good player. Good player. Probably yeah. gonna probably gonna have at least one sack. Might have twenty this year. Might be a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, yeah, he's him. He is. 
I'm going to stay in the trenches, but on the other side of the ball, we've not gotten a like really good Trent Williams game yet this year. Mm. And against a good Broncos defense and a good Broncos pass rush, I think they're going to need a good Trent Williams game. And <clears throat> Nick Chubb. Not Nick no, Chubb. The other Bradley Chubb. Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Yep, Bradley. So when you talk about Collinsworth and is, you know, trying to project what they're they're going to highlight I think we get a couple of, I think we get a, a like four or five highlight montage at some point of him shutting down Bradley Chubb or whichever pass rusher is lined up on his side. And Williams struggled in week one. He's fine in week two. But I think this is the week where it's like, oh yeah, Trent Williams is maybe the best football player in the league. And that's that's part of the that's part of the reason I think the 49ers have a chance to to move the ball and put up some points on Sunday is I, they they have on any given day the best player on the field in in Williams and if he can negate that pass rush a little bit and give Garoppolo a little bit of time I I I think there's yards there if you were to look at the 49ers roster and say which guy do they have currently who's most likely a Hall of Famer is it Trent yeah yeah, that's right. And is it close? Um, no. I don't think it's close. No, not just right don't... now. Well, I Robbie Bosa, Bosa has a chance. Robbie Gold. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did you know if he scores, if he scores five points on Sunday night, he will pass Phil Dawson for twelfth all time in points scored. Good for him, man. He's had a really nice mm-hmm. career. Shout I know out he to, very uh, much wants to be a Hall of Famer, and I think he believes that he is a Hall of Famer. Shout out I, to the prospector. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That nugget. <laughs> Peter Volmich, stand up. Um, <laughs> I don't know if. Uh, yeah, great career, lots of longevity, very quality human. Very much enjoy talking golf with Robbie. Um, he's a stick. Not not sure about the Hall of Fame thing. I it's hard. It's hard to get in as a kicker. It's hard to get in as a it's kicker. Hard to get in as a kicker. Yes. You, that, you have the, to be like a the Justin Tucker might get in. I but think Justin Tucker is going to go down as like the best in. kicker of all time. Yeah. Robbie Gold's been a really good kicker. And Justin Tucker has a lot of like signature kicks. Yeah. Including one against the Niners in 2019. Yeah. Um. Same. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. We don't need to litigate Robbie Gold's Hall of Fame <laughs> candidacy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this. To, this might get back to him, and then I have to deal with it. I, I mean, it's my fault for going on the record and saying it. But no, um, it's not. It's not in it. If Robbie Gold finishes tenth all time in points scored, that's incredible. Yeah, the issue career. is not the the issue is not Robbie Gold's career. The issue is the Hall of Fame and who they do and don't let in. If there was a kicker's Hall of Fame, I think Robbie has a great. Hit. He's in it. Yeah. Yes, okay. a thousand percent. Um, Shout out okay. to Robbie Gold. So. The Cooperage six-pack for this week, uh, heading into week three against the Broncos. I took George Kittle. You took Debo Samuel. I took Traverius Ward. You took Talano Hufanga. I took Nick Bosa, and you took Trevor Williams. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good group. I'd like to see our teams go against each other. Like Hufanga on Kittle, Mooney on Debo, and Bosa and Williams. Yeah. That'd be fun. I would enjoy Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what training Mm. camp is, but... (laughs) Like I've actually watched out a lot, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, except, you know, a lot of these guys don't practice at the same level of training camp. 
I'm the, the, I I meant to say this when I was talking about Trent Williams. I think because he's older and because he doesn't play at all in the preseason, like it's just going to take him a couple weeks to get ramped up. Yeah. And so I think now we're going to see him like, Hey, he's gotten his vet rest days. He's gotten a couple games under his belt. I was talking to him. I was talking to him last week about just like the conditions in Chicago. And he was, you know, cause Nick Bosa talked about like when the rain's coming down, it really hampers the pass rush because you just don't have footing. And so I was asking Trent about that and he was like, well, yeah, but it's probably even harder for the offensive line because we're in that footing trying to go backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to kick backwards in that rain and like hold up when, you know, people are colliding into them. Like Mm -hmm. offensive linemen are going backwards in the pass game and forwards in the running game. Like there's a reason why offensive linemen so much prefer to run the ball (laughs) because they're going forward. Mm -hmm. But when they, when they have to be on their heels a little bit and come back, in pass protection when it's raining like that, it's really tough. Um, so I know the field was in really good shape when the Niners played the Seahawks, but it was also raining. Like hopefully it's not raining in Denver and you know, we can get a real, that's like, like 72 a, and sunny is the forecast, which means there's also a chance of like 30 and sleep <laughs> because Denver's right. just, Denver right. might be <clears throat> the most like up and down chaos. weather, weather city in the NFL. Right. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I think Trent Williams is, I'm with you. I think he's going to have a good game. Great. All right. That's it. That's it. You think the Niners win? Yeah. I think the Niners roll. I think it's going to be convincing. Oh. I think it's going to get ugly for the Broncos. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games where the Niners defense kind of announces like, or tries to announce on a national stage, like, no, we're, we're still here. Like all right. of the, the quarterback discussion has dominated everything about this team. Inter or or the quarterback situation has dominated the discussion, I should say. But then this is going to be the defense being like, no, we're this is still the backbone of like why we're a contender. We're a contender mm-hmm. because of how good the defense is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I expect the messaging to be um, coming out of that game on on Sunday. Because I, I just think the Broncos are going and they're just in a bad way right now. And I don't know what's I don't think going against the best defense in the league is is opportune for them. <laughs> frankly, yeah. I think the Niners win a close one because it's Russell Wilson in prime time. And that's just, I've seen way too many times where he just pulls some magic out of his rear end. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a game that the Niners are up. Like it's like 24 to 10 and there's seven minutes left and Wilson hits a long touchdown. And then the Niners go three and out. And now the Broncos have the ball and it's 24, 17 with five and a half minutes left. And it's <clears throat> that's that's the kind of game I think it's going to be a lot like uh, what was the final score in week 17 in 2019, 22 to 18 weird ass score. I think we're going to get a weird ass score and a close Niners win. In uh, in 2013, like every score, every like playoff game or every like big game the Niners had, it felt like it was a 23, 17 score. Yeah. A lot of a lot of those in the Harbaugh era. Yeah, including like the NFC Championship game and the Green Bay game in Green Bay that Kaepernick won. Um, I even that was twenty three twenty, twenty three twenty. Okay, yeah. I mean, it just felt like like the, one of those scores was it, like how it would first be. to twenty three wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think Jimmy. Right. We haven't talked about Jimmy. I, Marcus Thompson made a good point. Like Jimmy's kind of a gangster. Like 
Jimmy might just have a really good game. <laughs> like that wouldn't yeah, be surprising well, at all. And what would it would it would it I'm kind of interested to see. So he threw that there was this um perception that he like chucked the ball downfield a bunch against uh against Seattle. And he threw two passes, 20 plus yards downfield, the third and eight and the and the fourth and eight. Um I don't know if necessarily we see him throwing the ball down the field more, but I do think we'll see a version of the passing game that's not just like a 3.4 A dot average depth of target. You think Kyle's like we see a more normal stop? <laughs> I think Kyle has <laughs> installed an offense that was meant to push the ball down the field. And I think we're going to see Garoppolo do that a little more than we have in the past. All right. You heard it here first. Kyle Shanahan's going to let Jimmy cook. I God, I hate you. <laughs> um, all I'm right. copywriting that. You should. Yeah, you totally should. That's a really good idea. That way um, Jimmy can't. <laughs> uh, all and right. 50 grand Garoppolo. And you can have it. I think he's got enough money. I mean, if every win that he has hey, now as a starter, it's 350K. Direct you know deposit, baby. You know, what? I'm such a piece of shit. Keep the 50 grand. Send me some Travis Matthew stuff and we'll call it good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look bad. fresh while I shoot my 106. That would be bad. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, look subscribe. Good, look good play good, man. Subscribe. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. If you have not done so, tell your friends. If they're not subscribed, Either make them not your friend or make them subscribe. Those are the two options. Give them an ultimatum. Make them subscribe to the pod. And then work on rating. That's heavy. And check out Cooperage. Cooperage.com. Order some beer. They'll ship anywhere within the state of California to people who are 21 and up, obviously. And they ship that overnight. So it's not like you got weird stale beer showing up at your house. You get like a a cold beer showing up at your house. Always fresh. Pretty sick. Yeah. Thank you.